0: Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message.
1: Today I want you to turn to your neighbor and say it's going to be all right. I just want you to know that. I mean, it's just going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Okay? (laughs) It's going to be all right. (laughs) You know, um, apparently maybe I need to get a little YouTube podcast thing and start getting on the airways. To counteract all the hours of other listening that y'all are having uh, to help combat some of the other voices that are out there. Um, But it's going to be all right. John chapter 16, verses 21 to 24. It's just going to be all right. In John chapter 16, verse 21 to 24, let's begin. John chapter 16, verse 21 to 24, it's going to be all right. It says this, whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come but when she gives birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish because of the what joy. what is it joy. what's it called joy. joy that a child has been born into the world therefore you too have grief now but you will but i will see you again and your heart will what? rejoice, rejoice and no one will take your Your joy away from you in that day you will not question me about anything Now that doesn't mean you won't ask him a question I'll clarify here in a minute you won't question me about anything truly truly I say to you if you ask the father for anything in my name he will give it to you until now you've asked for nothing in my name ask and you will receive so that your so that your what joy may be made full. Now, this passage of Scripture has got a lot of great stuff in it. But I want to focus on, and we're going to bring, you know, I'm going to say a lot in this passage, but I want to go ahead and give you where I'm heading towards, and that is the joy of the Lord. We should be carriers of joy. And joy should manifest all the time in our lives. People should say, why are you so full of joy all the time? right? Why are you so full of joy? Because there are counterfeits out there. Laughing does not mean you're joyful. Smiling doesn't mean you're joyful. Happiness doesn't always equate to joy. Joy's a bit deeper than that, and we're going to talk about that. Now, can you laugh if you are full of joy? Absolutely. Will it make you happy? Yes, I do not disagree with that, right? But at the end of the day, joy is something greater, and it has a capacity to draw people. Now, the first thing is joy has qualifiers. And the reason I say that is because you can have things happen in your life, and you can be extremely happy about it, but it isn't actually bringing joy. Happiness can be fleeting. Because happiness res- revolves around some external thing stimulating you, so at the moment you feel happy. Many people have gone on a vacation and felt happy while they were on vacation, but the minute they got home, the happiness didn't come with them. Right? They were happy at one time when they got a new car, but a year later, they're still not ha- now they're not happy over that same car. They were happy about the way that guy touched their hand. But now they're not so happy with them. After they mined the resources of your body and went to somebody else. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So happiness is fleeting. People get happy when they get a raise until they've had that raise for a while. They're happy with a promotion until they've had that promotion for a while. Joy is totally different. Joy has a qualifier, though. And the qualifier is right here in John chapter 16. It tells us, he says, whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hours come. But when she gives birth to a child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy uh, that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away. Those two verses are actually talking about Christ's purpose. His purpose. The Bible tells us over in Hebrews, for the joy of the cross. He's the author and finisher of our faith because for the joy of the cross, he en- for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. In essence, when I go to the cross, die, and on the third day array, I'll give birth, I'll give birth, as Pastor Roddy taught us, to the king kind of species of being again. I'll give birth to a new creation that can get back in the earth, have exactly what the first Adam had. I can get back into the spirit of man. So this delivery that I'm in, I'm laboring to finish this purpose. And don't you ever try to stop me from trying to finish my purpose because if you try to cut off my purpose, you cut off my joy. See, when Peter said, may it never be you die, Peter was having a I'm not happy moment. I'm happy because you're around. I'm not going to be happy if you're going to die. And Jesus is like, you'd have joy if you understood why I was going to die because I'm really just going to give birth to a new species of beings. I'm I'm going into labor so I can have an opportunity so that all of humanity can come into the household of God if they want to. And though it seems to be hard right now, when I raise from the dead, I am not thinking about all that again. I'm just going to say, come on home. And my spirit's going to go out and start talking to people to come into my kingdom. And every time they do, the angels in heaven are going to shout for what? Joy. They're going to rejoice because someone's come back into the kingdom and we're receiving back what God always designed for them to have in the first place. So he's saying here that, listen, I'm going to die but be raised. So know this, there's joy coming. In the morning. (laughs) Joy is going to manifest. Then he says this, he goes on and says this, you know, they're going to grieve because he's dying. But he'll be raised, then their heart's going to rejoice. Then he says, Now no one can take your joy away. Which means then, if you are not full of joy, it's not because someone took it. Well, you just make me mad. Do I? Does she, your spouse? Does he, your spouse? Does your employer make you mad? Or do you give your joy away and take up mad? Because he said no one will take your joy away from you. So if you're not full of joy, it's not your circumstances' fault, now, that doesn't mean you can't be in a situation and have some other emotions moving but still have joy with you. Because joy is not laughing. That is not the manifestation of a person's joy. Ha, 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 See, I'm full of joy. That does not mean you're full of joy at all. You know, some people, when they get scared, get a nervous laugh. <laughs> so that laughing is not joyful. They're actually scared. Right? (laughs) So joy that God has given you. What he's saying is when you become a new child of God, I'm going to place in you the spirit that has a fruit. We're going to see it here in a minute. Which you always have access to. Yes, Always. So no matter what's going on, joy's mine. Then he goes on and says this. Then you're not going to question me about anything. Meaning, because when you become alive to God, You're going to be like, my God wants me to have that. My God wants me to walk in this. And my God has laid that up for me. And my God has promised me that. My God has delivered me from this. And my God, I'm not even questioning what you, I am yours. And I'll do, I'll be and do whatever you've called me to be. All I got to do now is ask you, how in the world am I going to accomplish the same purpose in my life like you accomplished in your life so that I can maintain my joy supply? See, joy is not coming to church. Joy is finding out your fit in the church and doing it. (laughs) So if you find yourself coming in and out of joy, I would question, have you found your fit? Because the condition for joy is that you're in your purpose. Because people, when they get in their purpose, they can walk in joy. no matter what's going on, they're going to have joy. Let's see some more scripture here in first Peter chapter one. Does God want you to have joy? Man, I'm going to load your box today that he wants you to have joy. Just go ahead and look somebody again and say, it's going to be all right. (laughs) No matter what's going on, it's going to be all right. And go ahead and smile, you know, so we can kind of practice that a little bit, you know, because again, smiling doesn't mean you're joyful, but you know, at least we don't look like, you know, we're, you know, (laughs) completely aggravated, right? Or we look like the rest of the world. You know, that's worried and anxiety and full of fretfulness and don't know what's going on. And, and you know, many congregations, actually. Right? No, we're not going to be like that. We're the chosen ones. Yeah. All right. He said this, First Peter chapter 1, verse 8, he says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Because you, we, ain't, we didn't see Jesus die on the cross and raised from the dead. We weren't there when the stone was rolled away. We weren't there when Jesus walked into the house through the wall in his glorified body and went to uh, uh, Thomas and said, see this? You want to touch this? We didn't, we weren't there, but we believe. And because we believe, we have access to a, we can rejoice, and we did rejoice. When you know you were taken out of the bondage of sin and that life and guilt and shame and all the stuff you were in, when you called on the name of the Lord, all of a sudden that all kind of came off you. That spirit man left and there was like this peace beyond your understanding that invaded your life and a joy showed up. Have you ever seen a person just get born again? They're just like, a joy's about them. And it ain't just a smile. It's like something about their being. Like, wow, they know I'm right with God. I'm alive to God. And it becomes a joy that's inexpressible. The Passion Translation says it this way. To love him passionately, although you did not see him. Or you love him passionately, although you did not see him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime, and immense in glory. Aren't you excited that you're born again? Now, if you're not ecstatic about the life of God in you, you got too much clutter in your mind. You're allowing external things to try to communicate your joy. Really, you're, you're substituting something you already have from God called joy with the counterfeit called happiness. Now, again, joy does bring happiness, but happiness without joy... Is empty. Right. And many people are chasing happiness. Right. Trying to, the next, you know, happiness is like a drug. Yeah. It's like the next fix. You're just trying to get to that place where, you, I, just, I just want to be happy. Yeah. Well, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. And if that outward situation made you happy, well now why are you sad? because it's deeper than that, right? Many people began to have certain pursuits. For what? Happiness. The pursuit of is in our, you know, Constitution. (laughs) So we're trying to pursue happiness. And we think happiness is that we graduate from school, go to a college, get a great degree, get this great job that has great retirement, and insurance and we'll be happy right and then we get to that place and then somebody's doing a little bit better than us and we got to get their happiness because ours ain't good enough anymore So the two-year degree is not enough. The bachelor degree is not enough. The master degree is not enough. The doctorate degree is not enough. Got to get a five or six of them now. <laughs> Come on, preach. Come on. Thank you. Now, there's a joy with the Lord. Romans 15, 13, the Passion says it this way. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope where's that believer at I said where's that believer at is that you? Does that, did that just describe you? Did it describe you? When you walked in a room, is that what people saw? Did they see somebody that's overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you're trusting in the king? And then the power of the Holy Ghost is continually surrounding you that you have this super abundance that radiates. There's hope. I just recently had a meeting and I'm not going to say who it was with and where it was at, but I said, I just want to offer some hope because what you're asking kind of keeps it in front of people that there's no hope and they never asked me, what can you do? It's amazing, the world. But they were very uncomfortable we were in the room. I can just tell you that right now. They were very uncomfortable we were in the room. Why? Well, I, I, we can't help but hope. It's like people don't want hope. You get any glimmer of hope that we can get beyond something, you know what? Somebody's got to come in and say, yeah, but it's worse. I mean, I don't care what you're listening to, which side of the aisle you want to hang out with. There's only one aisle I hang out with. It's the kingdom of God right? Because again, I'm not happy with one other side or anything. I'm happy with the Lord. I'm full of joy because of him. I know that he has put me in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Although it is violently assaulted daily. Yeah. Our King sits In the heavens and laughs at the nations that act like they can tear him down and stop his agenda. (laughs) He's like, Yeah, I'm coming. He's really saying, You know, you need to repent. You need to repent. Because if you keep this direction, you're going to see it. (laughs) You're going to see it. I'm real. I'm real. It's going to happen. But he'll just keep sending us, and we should demonstrate this. We should have this, like, uncontainable joy. They're like, man, why are you so excited? Don't you know what's going on in the world? Don't you know what's going outside the world? That's the problem. The problem is you only know what's going on in the world. I actually know what's going on outside this world. And because I'm tapped into that world, this world doesn't have a hold on me. Doesn't have a hold on me. It doesn't have a hold on me. I said it doesn't have a hold on me. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's uncontainable because here's the thing we're going to see, that when you have joy, there's this thing that comes with joy. There's, there's, there's an um, a, um, atmosphere Amen. that really begins to radiate that you're in joy, and that is you have peace. Now, when I say peace, that doesn't mean you're at peace with everybody. I mean, you could have a lot of enemies and be at peace. I mean, you could have everything coming against you and be in perfect peace. Just like Jesus was in a boat. He goes to sleep in peace because he has joy. And when the storm hits, it did not faze him. In fact, it rocked him to sleep. The stuff going on should rock you to sleep. <laughs> Instead of you being like Peter, who's looking with your eyes and not listening to the word that was given on the shore before the storm ever came, go to the other side. Okay, we're going. And that's what the king said, which means that the king said we can get to the other side, we can get to the other side no matter what we encounter. Because that's exactly what Jesus expected when he woke up and rebuked the winds and the waves is that they should have made it there without him. Because he gave them enough to get to the next assignment. But because he was led by sight, and the way he felt and his past experiences of being on the water in a storm since he was a professional fisherman, he brought all that past life into his moment when he had a word from God and instead of having this I'm happy I'm with Jesus, now all of a sudden I don't care I'm with Jesus, we gonna die. And that's how people are in the church. They're in the church but they think they're gonna die. Well, let me just give you a newsflash. If Jesus doesn't return, you're going to die. Now, how you die depends a lot on you, more than you think. But should the Lord tarry, we all going to transition. It's going to happen. Okay? It's going to happen. I get that. So I'm not going through life trying not to die per se. You know, like that consumes my life. Because if I do his purpose, then I save myself from death. Because I've seen too many examples of people that they tried to kill but couldn't kill because their assignment wasn't done. But now, see, if you don't live God's purpose, then you're more subject. Okay. Joy was with Jesus, and he doesn't even wake up. Until he was awakened. But let me just say this: If you're struggling, you better go wake up Jesus. Just go wake up Jesus. In I have no problem with that. Wake him up because he's your answer anyway. He just may let you know. I already told you what to do, and there's no other answer. See, part part of people's prayer lives problem is that they're trying to get a different answer in the middle of their storm. When most of the time, God gave him the answer before the storm came, and he keeps saying the same thing. You're like, you told me that before this happened, but if you told me that before it happened, then why did this happen? See, we have this fairytale mentality of God that if he tells us something, then trouble can't happen. No, most of the time, he tells us before the trouble ever come so we can stand on what he gave us before it showed up to get us through it. But we want a new word. When a lot of times in the storm, we don't get a new word, we get a rebuke and a reminder of the first word. Say amen to somebody because you know that's true. Okay. So when we get born again, our spirit man that was dead to God leaves. We have a new spirit. We're a new creature in Christ. It's alive to God, and then the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of us, and he comes bringing food. Comes bringing food, okay? They're called fruits. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I'm not telling you that this list is in order of importance. I'm not saying that. But I would say this, love is the most important fruit because nothing in the kingdom works unless you have and operate in the love of God. Your faith does not work unless it works by the love of God. So the first fruit he brings is love because he puts he, the love of God gets shed abroad in your heart right out the gate. He gives you one big fat fruit of love right out the gate. And you're going to eat on that thing constantly. Because if you're not operating and eating on that, then the rest of them aren't going to happen. But what comes next after love? Joy. And joy all of a sudden shows up with what? Now, doesn't this just kind of make sense, though? If all of a sudden I was dead, separated from God, and then his love comes to me, he gives me his love, I receive his love, it by all rights would seem like it would produce the next effect of joy in my life, that then would produce the next effect of peace in my life. And if I have peace, then patience is something that's there. Well, I just can't be patient. Oh, so you're not having peace. And where's your joy at? Because, again, when you got joy, then it produces this peace about you. And when you have peace, then you're patient because it's like, well, it's just going to be like God said. And when you're patient, then you're more because, you know, you're unkind when you're not patient. So when you have kindness, then kindness seems to seem like you're a good person. You do good things. There's a goodness about you. Then faithfulness shows up gentleness you're not rash about and then which is huge and we tend to fail the most on is self control and the reason why we don't control our flesh is because we don't stay with the love of god where his joy manifests and we get the the top three there love joy and peace and they're, they're they're really the top three we'll see in another passage but they'll call love something different But love, joy, and peace can help facilitate everything else. And against us, there is no law. Now, look at what it says in the Passion. It says it this way. But the fruit produced by the Spirit within you is divine love. Now, the fruit is there. (sighs) Got to get this. There are things God has done in the Spirit that you access by faith, and he alone, because of what he did, You receive because of his work. But once you get into a finished work in the realm of the spirit, there are some spiritual things that would then manifest in your soul realm or where it begins to manifest as seen in the natural through your life, but you have to be a participant. So again, just because the spirit of God has fruit trees in you, You have to choose to eat them. I have this banana tree that produced fruit. It was exciting. And I finally learned how to actually harvest it so you could eat them. (laughs) Because the first time I didn't know, I didn't look it up, had no knowledge. I assumed because they stayed green forever, maybe we need to cut them off. I cut them off. When I decided to cut them off, they never turned a different color uh, I thought well maybe they just green open it up and man it was nasty it was fruit but it was horrible it was so bitter and it was so dry it sucked all the moisture out of my mouth man I thought I was gonna lose my tongue you know I mean everything went so dry I thought it just like closed my mouth i talk you know how you get peanut butter you're like it was like that's like, like you give me some water I had to put a straw in just to get something wet because you couldn't <laughs> open up your mouth it was horrible but I learned how to harvest that these bananas, and so we did. And they were sweet. They were awesome. I brought some to the office. People were like, "Man, these are awesome. You ain't get more organic than this?" Right? I mean, I just cut it off today, and um, I froze. I had so many of them. I froze some, so I can put them in my smoothie. But here's the thing: it doesn't matter. I have the fruit tree. If I never go get it, then I can't enjoy it. And the Holy Ghost does not make you do anything, but offers you everything. And that doesn't change once you're born again. Do you think, and this is what's so crazy about believers, is that believers, they keep their lost mentality when they were under a tyrannical ruler called the devil. They were bound, chained in sin, and he ruled their lives and forced, and he forced things. I mean, he made it. You know, talking about controlling your life, he controlled your life. He made it happen. He forced it on you. But God will call you. And give you of your own free will the ability to receive. And then once you receive it by faith, he'll flood you with it. Meaning you've said, I want it. You have permission to give me what you've provided. Because again, he's already paid for the sin of all man. But some people will die and be thrown into the lake of fire. Not because God hasn't already done it. It's because they did not receive what's already been made available. Because, again, if God was like the devil, why didn't he just come down and slap us all with his blood? Oh, okay. See, the way, well, God's in control. He'll do whatever he wants to do. Well, if that's true, why don't he slap you with his blood? I mean, at that point, is God telling you to cuss somebody out once you're born again? Is God telling you to lose your temper? Is God u- using your body to be mean to your spouse and your children? Oh, okay. But yet, will like a situation happen? Well, God's in control. Like, He ordained all that junk to take place to get you to this point. You know how He gets you to points His way? Through instruction. <laughs> He'll like, hey, this is where I want you to go. He'll talk to you. But if you yield, but if you don't yield, then you'll take yourself down paths. That he's like constantly trying to do the GPS rerouting. Like rerouting, rerouting. You're like, how did I get here? You know, <laughs> like fault. I remember one time, this is like, makes me livid, man. I'm like, there's nothing worse than this. And I've done Valdosta, gone to Valdosta so many times. But you know, when you got to get off 95, 75 to 10, there's the exit. <laughs> oh, one day we were talking, you know, chatting it up. Next thing you know, there it goes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, the Lord didn't ordain that. My mouth ordained it. Oh, and I know it's five miles to the next exit, which means it's five miles back. And I'm going 10 miles out of my way because of my stupidity. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts bad. And, you, and, and, and what's so awesome about the Holy Ghost is about as quick as your rerouter. You know, your little GPS, rerouting, it's like, you're on the wrong road. <laughs> now, I have chosen certain roads that my GPS wants to take me a faster way, and I'm like, I'm not going your fast way. So I'll shut you up and cut it off, you know, and we we'll go somewhere else, you know, because it just keep trying to tell me to reroute, reroute, reroute. Sometimes, you know, you're just getting off to go eat somewhere. I'm like, I'm, we're done. Shut up. <laughs> All right. We're going back, right? But when it comes to God, God's trying to talk to us, but we have to say, okay, I hear you. Let me redirect, but here's the problem. We may have to go down a little bit of a road that we weren't. And God wasn't trying to teach us something. It may that we now get through the valley of the shadow of death that he's with us, that he never wanted us to get in the valley in the first place, but he will get us through it. Okay. So this fruit then we have to choose. The passion says it this way. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all of its varied expression. That's powerful because love is not just one thing. The problem is most of the time the church specific, the world is trying to tell you what love is and it has no right to define it. So if you are watching shows and you are thinking the way they love is better than God's love, you are highly deceived. Highly deceived. The world has no concept of the love of God at all. So whatever they say is love. Now, you're going to love your neighbor if you do this. You don't know the neighbor because you're lost. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me preach. Then that's fine. People going to sit and tell me how I'm supposed to love my neighbor, and they haven't even read the Bible. You don't have a right to talk to me about who my neighbor is and how I'm supposed to show love to them when you're cut off from God. That's 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 counterfeit. Okay. Well, no, pastor, we just got to love them. We got to love them according to the word and how the word tells us to love them, not how the world's responding to people. Joy that overflows peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. Is your faith prevailing? Gentleness uh, of heart and strength of spirit never set the law above these qualities. Uh, they were meant to be limitless. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Consider it all. I heard someone laugh. <laughs> Consider it all what? And remember, nobody can take you joy. I said, nobody can take you joy. I mean, this message, if you're really listening, should cause you to start going. Everybody in this thing, you like, what can man do to me? (laughs) Let's bring it on. (laughs) We're fine. You know what? It's going to be all right. (laughs) It's going to be all right. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. The word consider means this, to count. Lead, allow to be leader. Another definition is this. Allow joy to take the lead. So consider all joy, you're saying. Allow joy to take the lead when you enter into various trials. So when trouble is announced, you say, Joy, go ahead and get up in here in front. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you through this whole thing. I just encountered a trial. Joy, go ahead and take the lead. I said, Joy, go ahead and take the lead. The Passion Translation says it this way. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. (laughs) This is why I have to caution even the church, even Christians, because when there's wrong things being done in the earth and unrighteous action and law-breaking things, you'll get another voice of everyone who will talk about what is legal and what is right, but they don't have joy. That's right. Amen. They're like mad because they broke the law. So if you can't know what's right and stay with joy, then even if you're right... You're not right. Does this make you mad? Well, I'm grieved at injustices. I'm grieved at unrighteousness. It grieves me to see man in this state being used by the enemy as a puppet, but I'm still full of joy. Because at the end of the day, there is a king that sits on the throne, and he's a righteous king, and he's full of justice, and he ain't letting one thing go by that ain't going to be held accounted for. And at the end of the day, what I can make power available, I'm going to do within my purpose. Because I'm not the only one in the earth that God's using me, using But if I'm doing exactly what he's told me to do, then I am helping the king ultimately to advance his kingdom. You're not going to eradicate sin. Jesus did that. And when it's time for him to abolish sin once and for all, which he will, but that's not for a little while. Oh, okay. When do we think sin is abolished? Because it's not now, sin is forgiven. Is forgivable, but it's not abolished. Now, what do I mean by that? What is the wage of sin? When does death have its day in court? Okay. See, it isn't until after the millennial reign of Christ, and that's a thousand years, and we ain't even got to that period yet, that he will cause the grave to give up the dead, judge them, and then death itself We'll go into the lake of fire, and that's when sin is abolished once and for all. Until then, even when we come back with Jesus during the millennial reign, church, I'm just trying to help prepare you for the kingdom, is that we're going to be on a planet with Jesus in glorified bodies, and people are going to be sinning. Wait a minute now. When I die, I go to heaven forever. No, you don't. Read the Bible. Now, you are with Jesus forever. That is true. And if Jesus is on the earth, I want to be with him. (laughs) <laughs> I mean you won't be with Jesus. Yeah, I want to be with Jesus, because if you're with Jesus, then it's good. Now again, you know what? You're in your glorified body, you're cut off from the second death, you're good. So that shouldn't that should bring you joy. I can come back to the planet that still has sin with Jesus ruling on it, and I'm not gonna be subject to it, and it won't pull me in, and I'll never be tempted by it, and I'll just do what the king says. This is good news for me. Yes, it is. Amen. But at the end of the day. When we face things, we have this invaluable opportunity to say, I'm going to have joy because my king's conquered it all already. What am I fretting about? All right, we're getting close. Acts chapter 13, verses 49 to 52, it says, And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region, but the Jews incited... Uh, the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. They shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Boy, there's a a political move there if you have ears to hear. It says they, they protested. How did they protest? They shook their sandals off. Maybe believers need to have a Washington rally where we just show up and shake off our sandals and then leave town. Because the Bible says if they won't receive, shake your sandals off. And then God says, I'll take care of that. (laughs) Your signs aren't taking care of it but your sandal shaking might. See, we have things within our arsenal that we aren't even using. Why? Because we are letting the world tell us how to come against principalities and powers. (laughs) I'm not saying that we should have that rally, but we'll pray about it. (laughs) I had someone that's in this service right now said, Pastor Earl, I saw you leading a group of people in Washington. Now, I had never had that thought before in my life, ever. But it's never, that thought's actually never left me. Right. That's right. So I wonder, will that come to pass? And what will it look like if I'm up there? Right. Now, that doesn't mean I'm pastoring a church, I can guarantee you that. But I might be wearing sandals. Right. If you see me go to Washington in sandals, yeah. watch out. Watch <laughs> out. I mean, if everybody shows up with sandals one day, we're having a sandal rally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo! Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is it scriptural? <laughs> First, we'll say Congress, Senate, White House, Supreme Court. We've come to wash your feet. Amen. Amen. That's right. Oh, you don't want that? That's on you. But what happens when I leave town? (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, let's go on. But here's what I'm saying. Look what it says. And the disciples. This tells me, verse 52, that if you're a disciple of Christ, you you should be continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're not continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit... I'm questioning your status as disciple. I'm not questioning your status as a born-again believer, as a child of God. But I am am questioning your discipleship. And I can question your discipleship because God told me as a believer, that I, as a pastor, that I am to go into all the world and make disciples, not converts, not people who get into the kingdom. Now, you need to get into the kingdom before you can be a disciple, so it's a pre Requisite for discipleship, but you can be in the kingdom and not be a disciple. So if you want to know how your discipleship's doing, how's your joy? Amen. Yes. Good. Now I'm telling you this, I understand this message for some can be really difficult because I had a minister tell me when I was in Bible school that if I wasn't full of joy, I wasn't in faith and that ticked me off. Because I was wrestling with emotions, I was doing the best I knew to do, and I thought to myself, you have no concept of what's going on in reality based upon their own personal testimony that they gave, and their walk with God and how they learned at the school is way different than what I had to go through to learn, but he was right. That if I was fretting, I wasn't in faith. If I didn't have joy associated, then peace wasn't there. And if peace wasn't there, then by all rights, I was living in fear. I was anxious about stuff, and it was hindering my faith. And I realized he was right. Although at the time, I didn't like it. Because I was trying to justify my walk with God. So disciples are continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. And notice, they're being continually filled in what kind of condition? When the whole city has instigated people to come against them. They weren't in joy because they finally closed on property. They weren't in joy because everything was going good. They had a promotion. They got a raise. You know, people were recognizing all. It's because they were preaching the word. It was spreading, and all of a sudden, people came against them. And guess what? When that took place, more joy showed up in their life. It didn't mean that they, they walked in less joy. They walked in more joy. More joy was a manifestation in their life when trial came than when trial wasn't there. Now, again, I don't want to live in perpetual trial, don't get me wrong, but I will go through seasons. All of us will. And some seasons, it seems like it's all, it's like everywhere you turn, bam, bam, bam. How many of you live there? Bam, 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 bam. It's like, my gosh, can anything else come? Guess what? Have some joy. It's going to be all right. Go. ahead. It's going to be all right. So you got to tell yourself, you got to like stare at yourself in the mirror. When you wake up in the morning, and you're like, nothing's changed. This thing like it's about to kill me. And you're like, it's going to be all right. Why? Because I'll look past my eyes and I'll look down within me and I'll peer inside my spirit and I have access to the greater one. And he's got this fruit extended to my spirit. Say, just take a bite of this and let peace cover you right now. It's going to be all right. In fact, I guarantee you the Holy Ghost would say some stuff like this. I've been around some that have been in worse situations than you're in right now. And we got out. <laughs> I was with one guy that died. He died. But then the king showed up four days later and said, get up. <laughs> so I understand it seems like everything just died. But resurrection of all that you need is coming. That's a word for somebody. I said, that's a word for somebody. Stay with your hope. But whatever God said, don't let go of it. That brings you joy. Matthew chapter five, verse 10 says it this way. How the passion translation, how enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right. For that is when you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How is Ecstatic you can be when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your for your love for me. So leap for when are you leaping? When they talking bad about you? When they post stuff on Facebook and Instagram about how you no good and you taking crack before you preach? <laughs> That's true. Someone said I took a nice hit of crack before I got up here and preached one day. I mean, I've never actually been on crack, so I have no idea. I don't know if it's because I was full of excitement and it reminded them of somebody on crack. I don't know. (laughs) Or they thought I was preaching false doctrine only to find out they were wrong. (laughs) Uh, Since your heavenly reward is great, leave for joy, it says. So again, when people come against you, oh, you believe in that Jesus? Oh, you think he can heal you? Oh, you think he can protect you from all that? Oh, you think? Man, you just made my day great. Come on, keep talking to me right now because you know what you're doing to my joy tank right now? You know what you're doing to my joy tank right now? Come on, keep filling it up because here in a minute, I'm fixing to break out in the laughter that's going to make you look silly. They're "They're idiots. They're laughing and they're, they're so stupid they don't even know I'm insulting them. You're in such darkness, you don't know that you are firing me up and that your insults are fuel for my life to overcome for you. See, being a believer is like crazy, Bill. I mean, you got to look for the, for the, I mean, God puts us in place like, you know, it's great when it's great, but it's like even better when it's not. I mean, that's like the life of belief. That's like God's word to us. Now, when things are going great, it's great. But here's really cool about my kids. When it's like garbage, it's like even better. <laughs> I mean, I wish it would go bad so we can get better. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, there's no force that has ever come against the believer's life that if they held true to God's word, didn't come out better on the other side. Wow. But so many churches are preaching watered down, encouraging, you know, just get along with everybody because that's really love, people. (laughs) Yeah. And let's all cry about what's going on wrong and have these big soul fests, what I call them. They're just soulish in nature. They're just all emotional about everything. And oh, Lord, everybody. And they identify emotionally with each other. But ain't nobody got real joy because they only get happy when something shows up. But we get happy and stay happy even in the midst of something horrible. And half the time, people don't know you're going through half the junk you're going through because your life is so full of joy, they're like, wow, they must have got a raise and you don't know, they don't know you just got fired. (laughs) And you've been unemployed for three months, believe in God and people have been dropping food off at your house. But then you get promoted, take over the business that fired you, and you become the CEO. Because you didn't let go of your profession of faith. He said, for you are being rejected the same way the prophets before you. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, meaning you can't get this deal naturally. But here it is, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, it doesn't say love here, but understand this righteousness By definition, is right standing with the governing authority. And right standing with the governing authority is hearing what the governing authority has said, or you have its word. Now, the cool thing about its word is that um, in the beginning, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. And 1 John 3 says, and that God is love. So the word is God and love is God. So when you hear the word, which makes righteousness manifest, then love is in play. So when we say righteous, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is what the kingdom of God is. That's also saying love, peace and joy. Because we're doers of the word. See, when you're a doer of the word, you're going to have peace. And when you're a doer of the word, joy is going to manifest, which means you'll have peace. What's in the middle? Peace. Peace is a manifestation of the person's life who walks in line with God's word. And when they walk in line with God's word, joy is a part of their life, and peace is the thing that's in the middle. That's why he said, Don't be anxious for anything. He said, rejoice always. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. How, why has it got to guard your mind besides your heart? Because everything around says you going to die. When we were in process of purchasing this mall and we're closing this thing down now I had a minister friend who came and minister one day and he goes pastor Earl I love you man he goes man I love you he said because man what you're in right now with the mall he said bro if you don't work you you so far out that you are gonna die if it don't work I mean you're gonna drown I like it meaning you get so far out with the word meaning that only the word is what can bring it to pass period and everyone's going to know. Yes, Man, yes. only God could have done that. Woo! <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but most people want to be able to keep a little personal control, right? They want to kind of hold on a little control back here like, well, now, if this thing with God don't work, I, 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 got, I got a plan right here. I can step right down here and make this thing work. <laughs> no, I'm not going to step down. Oh, shut up. I'm not going to live a step-down life. Well, all I'm doing is living a belief, born-again, child of God, living a step-down because I'm still trying to do it myself without God. I'm going to do my part with God, which will get me way over here. And now I'm doing my part, and, Lord, if you don't do yours, But he always does his part. I said he always does his part. So we close with, well, no, we don't. First lesson, honey, is one. I mean, I could skip, but you know, y'all need to hear this because this joy is contagious. I'm starting to see a few faces change a little bit. It's okay. Smiling is a reflection to a degree. Now, say so you just can't smile and say, I'm full of joy because, you know, you can fake that. We do this all the time. You know, we're getting mad and fight with our spouse in the car and then get out and go on those things and say, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the person say, welcome to, you know, Walmart. And you're like, hey. You know, now the world, they're like, shut up. <laughs> right? I mean, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it on, so to speak, without actually having it. Okay. But we have it. First Thessalonians 1, 5 through 8 it says, For the gospel, passion translation, For the gospel came to you not merely in the form of words, but in the mighty power infused with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Surely you remember how to live how we lived our our lives transparently before you to encourage you, and you became followers of my example and the Lord's when you received the word with the joy of the Holy Spirit, even though it resulted in tremendous trials and persecution. Now you have become an example for all believers to follow throughout the providence of Greece. The message of the Lord has sounded out from you, not only in Greece, but but its echo has been heard in every place where people are hearing about your strong faith, we don't need to brag on you. Meaning, their joy in trusting God at his word became so loud in the realm of the spirit by the way they were living under very difficult circumstances that it began to be seen by other believers outside of their own community. See, we are trying to peddle a good news with a frown, meaning we're peddling the same religion the rest of the world is, and that is it's going to be all right when you die. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Because if you've not asked Jesus into your heart to save you, you're going to go to hell. Now, these are true statements, okay? You are going to go to hell if you don't accept Jesus, right? And you need to know where you're going to go when you die. That's fine. But that's like the gospel. You understand? The same thing, though, Buddhism is saying, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Islam, do you know where you're going to go when you die? die. Hinduism, do you know what's going to happen when you? Same gospel. Just different ways to get there. But we're like, but ours is the truth. It is the truth. But here's the thing. Ours isn't limited for exit. Ours pulls heaven into now. Now. So it should be, do you want to live a better quality of life right now? Are you tired of waiting until you die to get somewhere? Do you want to know that you could have uh, what is afforded to you when you die right now? Do you want to have something that you don't have to wait for? You could get it to show up and it doesn't depend on your death. It depends on you receiving now. Now, yes, you got to die to self. I get that. But you don't have to physically die. You can go ahead and begin to receive now. That's why Jesus said, man, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on as it is in heaven. Why are we waiting to get to heaven to get heaven to show up? Right? So he's saying, listen, they're hearing. You want people to all of a sudden say, wow, I want to be a part of that church. It's like, you know... I know that guy goes to that church. <laughs> yeah, I go to that church. Goes to that church. And it's like, they're always with joy. And I, I've heard about stuff going on in their lives, but you wouldn't know it. Now, what you know about Jesus that I don't know. But if you're acting like the world and you're trying to convince them Jesus is better, sad, depressed on every news channel that comes, every report that gets to you, every circumstance and situation. You're mad, gossiping about people like everybody else. Mad about the conditions of the world. Ranting and raving about stuff. Like, where's your joy? Aren't you concerned people are dying? Yes. Everyone's concerned people are dying. People have been dying since Adam. Adam. This new death doesn't change. People have been dying long before. But what if there's an answer to have life abundantly now? That actually could push back any type of disease that ever showed up. Wouldn't we want to talk about that and live that example? What did you get symptoms? Had symptoms, but they couldn't stay. You know, people have died. People have lived. You can decide which side you want to be on. You can focus on the deaths or you can focus on the lives. I focus on Jesus. And he gives me the greatest opportunity to always live no matter what I face. So even if I have a situation come on my body, I can still say, well, praise the Lord. I'm happy right now. Because God, by his stripes, already took this stuff. It can't stay on me. It's got to go. I'm going to enact my covenant right. I'm going to go to the king. I'm going to go to the health care system of the kingdom that's already been paid in full with the stripes of Jesus, and I'm going to make a demand by faith that he gets this off me, and I'll do anything else he tells me to help the process if he communicates that. Yes. But I will live and not die Amen. because I have not fulfilled my purpose yet. I have a right, a promise. God said I would live and not die to fulfill his word, period. You say, well, that's pretty bold. I don't know where everybody else believed. I know where I'm at. And I'll have joy in the process. John 15, 11, two verses, we're done. John 15, 11, two passages. <laughs> These things I've spoken to you so that my joy. So you got to understand now, the joy you have. This joy that I have. Come on, worship team. This joy that I have. Well, didn't give it to me. No, no, no. Well, if we had an organ right now, we'd be like, boom. This joy that I have. See, this joy that I have is not my joy. This joy that I have is not my joy. It happens to be his joy. He said, My joy may be where? In you. So the joy I have didn't originate in me. It originated in him. And then he gave it to me through his spirit. And the spirit's like, Here, this is Jesus' joy. You want a bite? Who don't want to take a bite of Jesus' joy? But Jesus' handing out his joy not when it feels good. There are so many times he's like, Hey, let me give you a little bite of joy. And you're like, Don't you know I don't feel like it right now? (laughs) Take a bite. (laughs) But I'm hurting. Don't you see what they're doing to me? Eat. Right? (laughs) These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy now. So your joy comes from his joy. That your joy may be made... You can't have joy full if you don't get his. And he gives his when it seems like you shouldn't have it. You get his when it seems like you shouldn't have it. So when yours starts to wane because the conditions keep you happy, but when the conditions try to rob your joy, he says, Oh, I'll give you some of mine now. And then it goes on and says, so here, his joy is the confidence that his word never fails and is brought to pass by the power of the Holy Spirit through faith for all who are submitted to the purpose the Father has for their lives. So it's his joy. It's his joy. I said it's his joy. And there's nothing on the planet today that should stop you from being joyful.
0: Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida, in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com.